Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Mike Concho, and together we make the dads drink <laughs> bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. Say hello to the folks, Mike Concho. <laughs> I was like, what did he say? <laughs> Immediately, I was like looking at my phone in one of those moments where you're like, I think somebody just said the wrong word. Like, what the? Damn it, John. <laughs> I, I that was my favorite. We we did a couple of caption these photos and somebody pulled out my concho for you and your your mustache. Another person said you look like Wade Boggs. I really actually see that. I know, like I saw when that guy made that comment and I was just like, Wow, like is impressed and as hard as I'm laughing at work. Wade Boggs? <laughs> <laughs> It was that moment where you're, you think you're proud and happy, and then you realize, maybe I'm not. Maybe. No, Wade Boggs was... I grew up worshiping Wade Boggs until he got traded to the Yankees. <laughs> but, I sure mean... Sure, there's more than one player you can say that about? There's a great It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode where they tried to recreate the Boggs Challenge, and they say that Boggs had, like, 60 beers on a cross-country flight. So, I mean, you have more in common with Boggs than you know. Hey, interesting. I, I might start calling you Boggsy. Nah. I mean, what if I ever shave this thing? I mean, you can't shave it now. I mean, I think, like, things are living in that and they're squatter's laws. I will say um, milk is a tricky little thing because it gets in there. If you don't like, get it out right away, later on you're like, man, what is that smell? Like, what in the world? God. That's gross. Well, even funnier... Get home from work the other day. Go upstairs, change clothes. Like, right when I walk into the bedroom, there's closets on each side in the bedroom. And I'm just like, man, sounds like somebody puked up here or something. What, do the kids leave the milk? <laughs> so I go downstairs, and I'm like, um, somebody get sick upstairs today? She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, smells like puke when I walk in our bedroom. We'll clean it up. I don't see anything to clean up. I just smell it. That's why I'm pretty confused. Well, why don't you take the Swiffer up there and Swiffer the floor? Again, I see no stain. I don't think the Swiffer is going to help if there's not an apparent stain and or you clearly don't have a clue as to what might or might not have happened. Going about chasing the kids, do whatever. 30 minutes later, she comes downstairs. God, it does stink like puke up there. (laughs) Exactly. I I didn't make it up. It's not part of my evening conversation here. We got to Swiffer that little spot of the floor between the closets. Well, I'm not going to do it because I don't see the stain and I'm not wasting my time swiffering something that isn't there. Sure enough, she does. Sure enough, still stinks. You got to get down on all hands. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I get Charles into bed, go change, go for my run. Uh, I get back from the run and I'm, you know, back upstairs again, you're changing. I'm like, God, what is that damn thing? So I'm on the floor, hands and knees, you know, yeah. full down, looking around. She you're wakes, used to it. I, I know. know. She wakes up and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, trying to find this damn smell. And by that time, I see a bottle up under our bed, and I pull it out. Oh, oh man. Like, I took the thing to the sink and emptied it. It was somewhere between tofu and cheese curds coming out. I mean, it, it Y'all, was Y'all, if you don't funk. have kids, the, the other fun one is when you find the sippy cup in the car under the seat that you didn't <laughs> know was there. That's the other great place that they end up. Yeah, I threatened my dad when we were home for Thanksgiving. I was going to take a diaper and put it in the back part of his truck and not tell him. <laughs> I think he still might be looking for it. Or he's at least nervous. 
Oh, man. Well, let's drink some whiskey here. This is one of our half-ounce port shows. It's not a full show. We're just doing a half-ounce pour today of King of Kentucky, which was released by Brown Foreman in May of 2018. So we are just on time for the party to review this, aren't we, Zeke? Yeah. you know, I guess I'd say we're probably a little behind. It's been out for more than a minute. It. Uh... <laughs> I was being facetious. Oh, Clearly, I'm uh, distracted today. <laughs> Jesus. No, it's been out for more than a minute. I honestly didn't see too much good press anywhere for it. Did, did you see anyone that really jumped up and down on these? No, but it's it's funny to me that we're just getting to it now because you were out there for you know for a while trying to say, "Hey, I just want a sample." I'll, I'll oh yeah, I mean we I, I had an, an ISO and it was uh, you know. Uh, three of us were all going to split a bottle at a, what we thought was a reasonable price, and no one wanted to sell one for reasonable. And I think there's probably a lot of people still holding on to these, hoping one day somebody says something good about them. But I don't know if that's going to be today. MSRP was 200 on this. It was 16 single barrels, yielding around 960 bottles. So it was under a thousand bottles. A lot of them were short, I think. Shortish. Yeah. Um, released only in Kentucky because of the the low bottle yield. It's a resurrection of an old brand. King of Kentucky was a brand that was around before. So Brown Foreman has brought this back. Mash on this is 79% corn, 11% rye, and 10% barley. Now, there were some different proofs on these. Zeke, what's the proof and the uh, ABV on the one that we have? This one that we have, courtesy of our good friend and UGA grad, Aaron Young. Uh, barrel number 10, coming in at 65.25%, which for John, who's excellent at math, is 130.5 proof. And again, a 14-year age statement. Nice. Thank you for that, stats boy. First time ever. I know. It's... it's Things are changing. <laughs> yeah, mustache is growing. So let's take a sip of this. Let's talk about it. As we know in these you know ten minute shows, we're not actually taking the time to really sit and review things beforehand. Zeke, I know as I've been talking, as you've been known to do, you've already got ahead of me and, and you've started making some notes on this. What did you get so far as you were nosing this? And then I'll tell you what I got while you're talking. Let's see, nose-wise, um, and granted, uh, when I first got the sample in a couple of weeks ago, curiosity to get, did get the best of me, so I had a couple of a, a nips off of this sample uh, before today just to see what I thought it was uh, there or not, I guess, you know, proof of the pudding. Um, but nose-wise, it seems to me I put boozy almonds, maybe French vanilla, um, and I, when I went back and looked at um, my notes from a, a group thread we were on, uh, I'd listed that it had came off as kind of a weird, nutty cognac. Interesting. There was something I had to get past on the nose. It was almost like a varnishy thing that I, I can't really describe it, but I had to get past it in order to get nosing notes. Mm -hmm. And once I got through it, once I really let it open up for me, I mean, it's been sitting here and I keep coming back to it. Um, I got some cinnamon, raisins, slight leather, um, but it was mostly a predominantly you know, leathery varnish kind of nose, and, and that astringency was there, and it might have been the, the higher proof, but it 
it wasn't just the higher proof. It was like just something, it was like a wall you needed to climb in order to get to the other side. And once you got your nose past that, you got something else there, but it took a minute to get there. Hmm. I don't know. It's strange. Not, not what I, I definitely in a blind wouldn't have said, Oh, this is a Brown Foreman. No, <laughs> nothing. And that's a, that's an interesting point, right? Not getting the normal brown foreman nose as I take a sip of this. There's nothing I'm getting that's like banana-y. There, there's none of the signature brown foreman stuff that's there. But as you, you've been sipping this. What do you what do you think so far? Let's see. Palette-wise, um, I put down that it, it just seemed more astringent than high proof. Almost maybe like um, like Listerine with sweet undertones. I laughably thought, well, if Listerine came out with a, a bourbon flavor, this might be it. A raw, astringent alcohol type thing. It, it wasn't the proof. I mean, we, we've had plenty of high proof stuff that, you know, may have been too hot, so to speak. But, but this was a completely different sensation, I felt. Um, it also seemed thin. Again, almost like a, a grain neutral spirit. Uh, I've got down some mild almond nut something linger at the very back when i read it back through the, the notes that uh when i was texting i was just having a couple of nips I'd yeah put, you might have snuck this one before you opened it with me <laughs> as he is known to do i, I want to see you know <laughs> doesn't. um i put down that it was more alcoholy than hot um it did remind me of vodka in some ways being the holiday season i, I had memories also of um Cheap holiday chocolate candy filled with shitty booze. I also put it could have been like a Yoo-Hoo with some vodka or something or alcohol. I mean, I don't know. Maybe like a, a white Russian that the ice is set there and it's kind of piddled out and it no longer has the you know, balance or what you look for in that. I guess recurring theme of um, literally just you know grain alcohol kind of maybe like you know isopropyl or ethyl or somewhere in there. But the the amount of alcohol that comes off of it, it, it's not hot. Is in the proof. It it's funny. I don't know. I, I don't. I can't think of anything that I could equate to it. Not, yeah. not in a bourbon for sure or rye. This one is kind of interesting to me because it's almost like two palates in one. It scorched the top of my mouth. Just astringent scorched the roof of my mouth. It was like a, a brush fire came through and just you know tore everything up and then would you say it was like a a stag or straight from the barrel burner heat more of a stag junior heat or just more like i took a shot of everclear or moonshine even not moonshine i mean because i've had some smooth moonshines yeah even fair enough it's uh it was more like a stag junior than not a george t but it was that harshness where you know how we've had some of those stag juniors where we're just like that's too hot there or it could have been mellowed out a little bit and there could be a 133.5 stag junior that tastes um smoother than a 129.5 but it just had that burn yeah i say i just kept getting the reflex i get when i use mouthwash which isn't necessarily a heat it's just a you know uh, like a counter irritant alcohol on the tongue kind of feeling. Yeah. And it's like one of those things like, you know, like if you're in a tunnel and the tunnel has water and there's fire in the tunnel, but you jump in the water. So the bottom half was smooth and creamy. It's like in a movie. 
Like in a movie, like like a tunnel's blowing up, and the guy jumps underwater to save himself. Apparently, John burned one during the intermission, and I missed that. I'm just, I'm just saying, it was like it was like an action hero diving under the water because the bottom half of my mouth had some creamy butterscotch caramel toffee and leather. There was a hint of spice, a lot of hint of dill. For me, I got some dill on this one, but the funny thing is after all that went through, what happened on the finish was the tip of my tongue then got scorched, and I just got hot leather. Like, I got what you wear on the weekends, hot leather. (laughs) That was the only thing that was left. That must be the woman that the action hero picks up when he comes out of the tunnel from under the water, and she's just standing there. Randomly, <laughs> you, wow. you come out hot yeah. leathers waiting for you. John got really creative today, folks. <laughs> I, uh, so is that all your notes? Sorry, I, I, I kind of cut you off. I just wanted to try and give to the people at least what you know. I, I felt like was a a very different type of alcohol sensation than you would think of in bourbon or rye, to me at least. Yeah, no, I mean it was it was half and half, right? The top half of my mouth was scorched earth. The bottom half was smooth, creamy. Caramel, butterscotch, toffee, dill, leather, and then uh, we were just left with hot leather and a scorched tongue. Interesting enough. Do you have any more notes? No. I, I laughed, though, reading back through what I'd, I'd put in the text. I thought that was pretty funny. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Cheap holiday chocolate candy filled with shitty booze. You know, those things like your, your parents got when we were younger and, you know, somebody gave them to them at the holiday office party and they weren't going to eat them and you just see them sitting out like, oh, yeah. Or you have one of those chocolate-covered cherries, and you think it's got, like, just cherry in there, and then you find out it's cherry and booze. Yeah, but, you know, they're all just like, oh, like, man, <laughs> unless you're, you know, 15 or 16 and you're not supposed to have booze, they're just not as good by any means. So, I'm going to say something that's a little controversial here to you. I know you're not going to agree with me. I understand why they priced this one at $200. Knowing it was 16 barrels, knowing it was under a thousand, I understand where the price point is for you know what went into it. It's a limited edition release where things are these days, blah 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 blah. It doesn't mean I'd pay $200 for it. I'm just saying I can at least understand the thought process and I can connect the dots here. I don't love it to get a bottle. I'm happy I had a pour. I don't even know if I'd say I was happy I had a pour other than being able to say I had it and I didn't have to worry anymore. No, I mean, I think there are qualities that I would like to see. If they could mellow out the burn, I think the qualities of the caramel and the dill and the leather and the toffee and and that stuff, for me, it would make for an interesting pour if it didn't burn the hell out of my mouth. Yeah, but I don't know any way to, to get around that. And like I said, I mean, for 14 years and the way the alcohol comes off in this thing, it's very novel and not in a good way. And I'm just happy I had a pour of everything because it hones our palate a little bit more. But it, I'm not. Well, you know, it's not like Brown Foreman are the only people that, that do this. Um, plenty of folks have older stocks that <laughs> apparently, even off the record, they probably know isn't the best juice. They may or may not create a new label to put it under, but. Either way, it's a limited edition release with a nice price tag. 
And man, we got paid four times what we would have got paid if this was good juice. <laughs> but it's not. And we still got paid four times. Well, they still also paid taxes on it for 14 years and hey. got to recoup something. Hey, I'm, I'm just saying that there are seemingly easy ways to uh, move products and not have a whole lot of people say if it's good or bad when you've got that small of a release. Mm. FOMO. There is a lot of FOMO in the Hype bourbon beast. world. It's taken us a, a long time. I, I am happy to say that I do not have FOMO. I mean, I'm surprised you don't have FOMO with his mustache and take that beard off. No, because I have a double chin. That's great. And nobody wants to see a fat, bald guy with a double chin. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, on that note, let's close it out real quick. Would you get it? I damn sure wouldn't buy a bottle unless I was splitting it with some people. And even then, that's probably MSRP or close to it. Bar-wise... It would depend on the price. The fact that there's, you know, all single barrels, um, I won't completely shut the door as to, uh, you know, writing this off because every barrel is different. Um, if it was at a fair price for an ounce, um, maybe even a half ounce if I could talk them into it, uh, I think Curiosity would get the best of me and I would just want to, you know, have a taste to see if it was the same or not. Um, but beyond that, um, I wouldn't say this so much. On my radar in you know, any kind of capacity. So in conclusion, Zeke has FOMO. I'm going to pass on this one. Uh, I'm happy. That's what I said was I'd pass unless I saw it at a bar for a fair price or I was splitting it with a bunch of friends. All right. Well, I'm just going to pass. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, John. If one shows up and I ask you if you want an ounce, I know what you're going to say. I'm good. I'll pass. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, on that note, something you shouldn't pass on is this podcast. Go ahead and find us on your favorite podcast provider. Leave us a five-star review. Tell us why you like us. If you don't like us, reach out to us. We want to do better. Find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Join our Facebook group. It's 2,000 strong and growing and a bunch of great people in there just all having a good time. Find Dad's Drinking Bourbon on Facebook, the group. Go ahead and find us on Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Nashville, Tennessee. And um, I think Jimmy's still the real king of Kentucky. Cheers. Cheers.